1: Remember, Broncos
0: country is not a geographic location, it's a state of being.
1: Welcome in everybody, it is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, uh, the Broncos threw a little bit of an audible at us and we didn't get a uh, Sean Payton presser today, we're going to get one tomorrow, but... Like we surmised may be the case, the Broncos did make a roster transaction. They signed, surprise, surprise, in the wake of the Jalen Virgil injury, a wide receiver. Tell us all about it, bro.
2: Yeah, basically, they needed a body with Jalen Virgil out for at least a couple months with meniscus surgery. The player that they signed was Josh Hammond, former XFL receiver for the D.C. Defenders. This past season, he also had um, a cup of coffee with the Jaguars, played in two games with them. He played with the Eagles, not played with, but was a member of the Eagles and a member of the Patriots in 2022, six foot 194, played his college ball at Florida. But again, just uh, another body for the depth chart with uh, Jalen Virgil down.
1: But yeah, it's really, we're still kind of rolling with the punches of another down wide receiver, Jalen Virgil, of course, going to be out for a while um josh hammond though i mean this is a dude uh played at florida as you mentioned two years with the jacks uh jacksonville jaguars though he only saw limited action six foot 194 pounds i mean probably just a guy right that's going to come in and fill a spot on the depth chart and uh barring a miracle he'll he's probably got about a week to go in denver
2: maybe in a best case scenario like a practice squad guy but you come in this late in the process you know august 21st and how could you expect to leapfrog you know montrell or marquez calloway or little jordan humphrey he's just uh depth and i feel like if jalen virgil never got hurt josh hammond wouldn't be a bronco
1: we have troy jumping in early with a super chat appreciate you bro He says, hey, guys, the report I saw says we would trade a six-round pick for Lutz. That is essentially trading Brandon McManus and a six-round pick for the second-place Saints kicker to dump a salary. I don't love that. So what he's talking about here, guys, is the New Orleans Saints, similarly to the Broncos, have hosted a kicker competition this summer because Will Lutz, who's been their number one, um, didn't have a very good 2022 season. And so they brought in uh, some young competition. And it sounds like, oh, I mean, obviously, we're getting closer to September. That's that's a decision that's going to be made on that front soon. And so Peter King of NBC Sports wrote today in his Monday morning column that he wouldn't be surprised that if Will Lutz is the loser of this competition, that Sean Payton, who he's you know spent most of his career, in fact, under Sean Payton, would be interested in uh, – you know, holding a, a palaver with Mickey Loomis and making a trade for Lutz. And he threw out there a six-round pick as potential something-something. But, Zach, if a team knows that the another team is going to cut the player, they right. kind of don't really have that much leverage unless you, the team that wants that that kicker, is worried other teams might swoop him up, so then you might pay for it for the privilege of ensuring he comes to you. But... Uh, what's your reply here for Troy and the Lutz thing and, you know, giving up a six round pick potentially this was more of a spitball thing, but still.
2: Listen, I understand trading for a head coach, trading for a quarterback, but trading for a kicker is a, uh, a line I won't cross. You talked about Lutz not having a great 2022 season. Well, any Broncos fan that doesn't like Brett Maher doesn't like him because of his struggles last season. I don't understand replacing uh, one for one there. You have, better options on the market where you don't have to surrender a draft pick. You can sign Mason Crosby. You can sign Randy Bullock. You can sign Robbie Gold. All three of those guys I would much prefer than taking in the Saints cast-off and giving up another draft pick on top of that.
1: So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, here's the problem. I, I did a little uh, case study on Lutz, writing up the rumor that uh, Peter King is floating out there. And he kicked – what was it? Seventy-four uh, percent. Not good last year. From as far as field goals are concerned, his field goal percentage. Uh, McManus had a bit of a down year last year when it comes to uh, field goal percentage. Zach, he he kicked seventy-eight percent. Um, this cat kicked seventy-four percent. If you look at the top kickers in the NFL last season, take the top sixteen. So the top half of the league. None of them were below. Uh, 86% in terms of their hit rate on field goals. So if you're looking for, I mean, the only way you can really sell yourself on feeling comfortable about acquiring Lutz, and this would be like in a vacuum, let alone giving up a six round pick is the idea that, Hey, Sean Payton knows him. Mike Westhoff knows him, you know, maybe that's all he needs to kind of get back in the saddle, but it doesn't sound like to me uh, any kind of a sure thing to fix it. And it only does, I know you're still feeling pretty, like the Broncos made the right move on McManus and I'm kind of ambivalent at this point. I, I, I'm not sure. I got to wait to see what happens, but uh, he doesn't Lutz, you know, inspire the most confidence.
2: It's only one kicker I'd be even considering trading for, and that's Justin Tucker. And Will Lutz is a far cry from uh, from Justin Tucker. So if they want another kicker, if they're not confident in Maher, kind of like how they had the Elliott Fry-Maher battle, you can sign one for, for cheap. You don't have to give up a draft pick, and you might find someone who's more reliable than both. We got David McElrath jumping in
1: early with a super. Thank you, Big Dog. Really appreciate you so much, my friend. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon Scott. Still excited. Hashtag 12 and 5. Plus, hashtag Buckham times three. That's with a B YouTube, MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. Really appreciate you, brother. And uh, you should be excited, man. Sean Payton's going to be doing some really fun, interesting things with this offense. And Zach, we got to remind everybody, too, it's a pretty favorable first quarter of the season. So yeah. Sean Payton's going to have a pretty good opportunity to stack a few wins and kind of get some confidence under everybody's belt early.
2: I love the uh, the confidence and the optimism, David. 12 and 5 is not impossible, but they're not going to even come close to that. Not to be a wet blanket if they don't learn how to close out games in crunch time. I wrote about this today, what Josie Jewell said about some of the Broncos backups that squandered the lead in San Francisco and Arizona, for that matter as well, and th- they just have to learn how to win again, and they haven't won for so long. They haven't been to the playoffs for so long. They forgot how to be a successful product. That has to change that. They have to have that killer instinct. If they can develop that Chad and the offense continues progressing, I can absolutely see the Broncos coming close if not you know reaching David's prediction here.
1: Heck yeah, dude. I'm feeling good about it. Excited. One more preseason game to go and then we're on the home stretch for the regular season opener. We've got Michael Ronquillo, aka Ronk in the house throwing down, saying what's up, supporting us. Appreciate you, Mike. Great to see you tonight, my friend. Hope you are doing well. Um, also quick shout out here to Patrick, uh, in Hawaii. Great to see you, big dog. Hope you're okay. Um, and then there's one more over here. Got to give a a shout out to the little man, Cooper. What's going on, big dog. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, all right. So we talked about jewel. We talked about Lutz. All right. Um, as far as, uh, news goes, there's one other thing I want to get your take on. And this is something that Nick Kendall wrote about today. And that is, of course, um, Jeff Legwald, ESPN Denver, uh, longtime Bronco beat writer. He was writing about kind of what the X Factor, Zach, would be for the Broncos in 2023. And I'm surprised that they're writing about this now because this kind of content, talking about X Factor, stuff like that, you know, that's for June and July when there's really nothing going on to write about. But nevertheless, he wrote this, Zach, quote, This is not a particularly deep team, so it desperately needs tackles Mike McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles, as well as outside linebackers Randy Gregory and Frank Clark to each play at least 15 games to hit the combined 60-game mark. If they do, quarterback Russell Wilson will play better. Gregory has never played a full season, while McGlinchey and Clark have already missed practice time in camp. The Broncos' fingers are already crossed, but they need 60 games at minimum. A minimum from those four to approach their win ceiling close quote do you concur
2: number one i hate the sweeping generalizations that the national media makes i mean they're not a deep team in certain areas they very much are a deep team i know they have some deficiencies but Maybe I'm missing the mark here. I just don't understand the premise. They're saying that the Broncos additions have to stay healthy and live up to their contracts or their potential. I mean, doesn't that apply to every other team in the NFL? But I guess on a, a, a macro level, I agree. You bring in Mike McGlinchey, you pay him a lot, a lot of money, same for Ben Powers. And you expect to have not hope, expect to have a top 10 line that hasn't necessarily come out just yet, but you're right to, you these pieces are meant for May, June, and July. Talking about an X factor when so many things are transpiring at the moment is a little bit of a mental masturbation.
1: <laughs> well said. Um, I'm seeing some, t- some comments here from Todd. Hey, Brett Maher, uh, he says, over 90% on regular season field goals, I thought. Let's take a look real quick. So Brett Maher, last season, uh, in 17 games with the Cowboys. This doesn't count playoffs is just regular season. He was 90.6%. So he was very, very solid. And even those um, now infamous Zach extra point issues that he had in the playoffs in the regular season, he missed three. So he kicked 94.3% on extra points, 90.6% on field goals. And then if you look at his uh, range, so to speak, he went nine for 11 on 50 plus and six for seven on 40 to 49. So even though he, uh, seemed to be in a little bit of a slump, um, coming out of his Cowboys 10, you're right. The Broncos pick him up and, you know, so much of just like a, you know, golf and shooting free throws, what the kickers do. It's so much of it, that stroke that this kind of like uh, mindset it's between the years that they battle most of their demons. um, if, if this last game in, in, in San Francisco is an indication that he's maybe kind of finally blown through that little slump and whatever was going on uh, between the years, maybe he will be a solid guy. And maybe he will end up remaining this team's kicker. But Sean Payton does have a history of taking kicker competitions and kicker decisions, not only down to the wire, but like beyond the wire, like making changes early in the regular season. So it's still to me kind of up in the air.
2: You make a great point about between the years. There is no position that's more psychologically, I would say, infused than kicker. It's it's all mental and and riding a, a wave of confidence, knowing that you can drill whatever's in front of you. That's why so many kickers uh, see team psychologists or you know psychiatrists. They get mental help because it's such a taxing uh, position. The, the other thing about kickers is. They're okay until they're not. You know, They're okay when you're not really saying their name, but as soon as they miss an extra point in the playoffs or crunch time, then they have this label attached to them. Brett Maher was very solid for the Cowboys, very good in the regular season as the numbers show, but because he had a playoff implosion, that's what he's remembered for. If the Broncos can just hone what he does best and he can be consistent and he can be confident in himself, he can be the long-term kicker uh, replacing McManus. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: RD on YouTube, up in Canada, no less, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. This cat up there, north of the 49th parallel, wants to know, Zach, thank you, RD. Will Jonathan Cooper jump Frank Clark on the depth chart? He looked like he was jogging through the game. I was even wondering, talking about Clark, if he was injured. Cooper, meanwhile, Zach, to add on to this, has had a very, very good camp, looked really good in the first preseason game, and looked like, whoa, who is this in the second one? Like, wow, level. Again, preseason, can't jump to, like, lasting conclusions. Uh, But what's your answer for RD here?
2: It's funny, I tweeted this last night. You know, two months ago, I would never imagine advocating for Cooper to start for the Broncos. Yet here I am. You just you you can't take him off the base defense. He's playing too good. Uh, He looks like he's jacked. He has uh, some athleticism that we haven't seen in recent years. He's good as a pass rusher. He's good setting the edge. He is your ideal three, four base outside linebacker. Frank Clark, to me, we talked about it yesterday. Um, Him playing so late in the game was more about conditioning and getting him the snaps that he needs. But I anticipate the Broncos using Clark in a DPR role, designated pass rusher. He'll come off the bench, spell whoever needs to be spelled, and will contribute that way, a la uh, Shaquille Barrett, like you talked about a few days ago, Chad. I like Frank Clark
1: still as the starter. But, you know, he is getting a little bit longer in the tooth. And I wouldn't jump, again, talking about conclusions and stuff. Like, that was, A, his first preseason game. It was really... They've kind of taken easy with him during camp. He's one of those veterans where they have given him a little bit of time off here and there. I wouldn't freak out that he wasn't Von Miller, Super Bowl 50 in the, the second preseason game. What I take encouragement in is, hey, look, you got two now veterans. This goes back a little bit to what Legwald was saying. If they can stay healthy, uh, Clark and Gregory, that's a nice starting duo that has some experience and talent to boot. If Jonathan Cooper is the third guy in, in that rotation, that's a nice top three. And then you've got Nick Benito coming on strong. We'll see what happens with Baron Browning on down the road, but um, I'm okay with Cooper still kind of having to earn his way up that depth chart, because even though Frank Clark, Zach is a new Bronco, he does have a lot of tape and a lot of uh, skins on the wall, as it were, which makes coaches like Sean Payton, Vance Joseph, Phil, warm and fuzzy and a lot more comfortable and confident uh, to deploy them out there on game day. They've seen a lot of situations.
2: Then there's also Chris Allen. Then there's also Drew Sanders who can play some edge. I mean, this group is so damn deep and they should be getting after the quarterback consistently. When Baron Browning comes back, it makes the group all the better and, and allows VJ some more uh, versatility to move those players around. Whoever starts it's um, it, it's kind of, Pointless because they're going to play so much nickel. They're going to play so many sub packages. Clark will be on the field, but on base defenses, running downs, I don't see how you can pull Cooper out of the lineup considering the way he's playing.
1: Indeed. He has been very impressive in all facets. Um, Phil, what's up, big dog? Great to see you in Tucson. Legendary mythical contributor to the MHH Fang, Phil McLaughlin in the house He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. I read an article from Amir Farrell where he predicted Tremont Smith, Tyler Beatty, and Art Green will not make the 53. Thoughts? Hashtag Buckham. MHH for life. Go Broncos. Um, Tremont Smith, no way in hell he's making this roster. He's been atrocious and just downright just bad, dude. You might as well go against air. A lot of those big plays, if you think back to the – to the Cardinals' final possessions in Game 1 where they closed the gap and won the game, and then the Niners, he was on the losing end of a lot of those yeah. uh, big yeah. plays that allowed both those opponents to battle back in. And when you're a veteran, Zach, that's that's not good for you. Like Art Green, he might not make the 53. I liked his, his outlook when the Broncos signed him as a college free agent out of Houston, um, but he hasn't really been able to make any headway Meanwhile, you've got other guys um, like Jaquan McMillian and others who are showing out. Plus, you got to keep a, a spot for the guy we haven't even seen yet in Riley Moss, um, and then Tyler Beatty. Yeah, that's a uh, just worst possible time to get any kind of uh, injury or nick or anything that might affect your momentum. Meanwhile, Jaleel McLaughlin going off.
2: Tremaine, yeah, definitely a goner. You're right; he was capital B bad against Arizona. I don't know. What the Broncos really signed him for? They they have a kick and punt returner in Marvin Mims. You mentioned the cornerbacks. Damari Mathis had a hell of a game against San Francisco. You mentioned Riley Moss. Kwan Williams is coming back. You mentioned McMillian. They also have the same Bassie. I I've never been his biggest fan favorite, but you know he has he has back to back picks in consecutive weeks. Now there's just not a, a roster spot that Tremont Smith deserves, and same for Art Green. I I echo your thoughts on Beatty. It it would have been interesting to see if he would have remained healthy. It seemed like he was in the lead for that RB3 job. But same with Cooper. How could you take Jaleel McLaughlin off the field? He has earned his spot. He will be your third running back, and hopefully they can uh, tuck away Beatty on the practice squad. Yeah, Jaleel just has the it
1: factor, plain and simple. Uh, Keith, good to see you tonight, big dog, and that glorious beard of yours. He says, how many new faces do you predict Coming to the Broncos when the league goes to 53. So, you know, usually there's two, three guys kind of get shuffled in and out once the other teams, you know, they make their team's initial roster and they're like, ah, oh, made it. And then that next Monday or whatever, they get waived because team claimed this guy, claimed that guy, whatever. So what's your answer for Keith?
2: What you just reminded me of was one of my favorite scenes from major league when uh, he's looking in his locker for the red tag and he's pretending to be cool. And then he goes outside and celebrates. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a great movie. Yeah, you're right. They have their initial 53 set and then they tweak it and uh, make changes to certain areas. So don't rush out and buy any Broncos jerseys when that 53 comes out. I expect a couple players to come in. They need help along the defensive line. I would still like a tackle or a guard and uh, to shore up some spots. So I would say to answer your question, Keith will have three new players when all is said and done.
1: Dude, I've actually been binging on major league for like a month. So what I, so, so I used to like put my wife through hell because I couldn't sleep with, I couldn't get to sleep without a TV on over time. She got used to it. And then over time I started feeling really bad. And so I decided, no, I'm going to do. So I put in Bluetooth headphones and, I turn on my phone and I put a movie on. I turn it on its face so I don't have the light on, you know, it doesn't bother her, whatever. And I just listen to it as I'm falling asleep. So I've been listening to Major League as I fall asleep, watching it as well, let's face it. And it is such a killer, killer sports movie. Like it might be my favorite sports movie. um, And it's equal parts dramatic as it is comedic. It maybe spends a little bit too much time on uh, Tom Berenger's character the catcher you know and his love life with the with the what, what's her name anyway but that movie dude i love it i love it and it also inspired me i do this a lot i'll get into one movie and i'll be like all right cool or this happens to me in music too and i'll be like all right this actor i'm watching wesley snipes in major leagues so i'm like well, what else has he been well, in that yeah. was a sport i'm gonna go watch white men can't jump so i've been watching really? white men can't jump maybe i'll get to the fan but white men can't jump dude i gotta tell you it's a fun movie to watch but It's pretty cringe because I don't think I don't know when the last time is you've seen that movie, but I can't imagine there being a person uh, as dumb and naive (laughs) as Woody Harrelson's character is in that where he like risks everything a million times and always comes out on the losing end and like never like there's degenerate gamblers. And then there's like beyond the pale and it defies uh, believability in this movie.
2: You'd be surprised how stupid and naive people can be. I don't have to tell you that, but um, I think you're right. The dialogue was a little cringy, a little too on the nose in certain areas, but it's, it's a classic.
0: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I think regardless
1: uh, I got to grab this real quick uh, from 78 Leadhead Cause it is a uh, pressing man, uh, matter. He says, and thanks for being with us tonight, big dog. He says, uh, jail Skinner Broncos rookie six round safety has looked God awful too. He has, he is one of the more complicit guys. When you talk about how the secondary Zach has imploded um, two consecutive games in a row in the clutch, he has not looked good. If you guys go read uh, Eric Trickle's grades on the rookies, I think it just published today. Go give it a read. Uh, you'll you'll learn a little bit more. But does this concern you? Is, is Skinner making
2: this roster in your mind? He'll make the roster, but I'm not concerned at all. He's a a third or fourth stringer. The Broncos are good at their safety spots. They can afford uh, the bumps and bruises from Skinner early on. I want to keep in mind two things about him. Number one, he entered the Broncos and came into the NFL rehabbing an injury. He was already behind the eight ball to start. So that kind of set him back physically and mentally and, and everything else. Number two. We talked about how the Broncos defense, two preseason games in a row now, have blown late leads. They're playing prevent defense. They're playing soft, off coverage. They're not blitzing. They're allowing teams to go down the field. Well, JL Skinner is part of that group. He's on the field when that those calls are being made. So I want to see him in a regular season atmosphere where the Broncos are actually trying and not just playing vanilla. He'll be fine.
1: I don't think he's making the roster. I think they'll try and get him on the practice squad, but he's got zero momentum now. If he was even a fifth round pick, maybe maybe you might think I'm splitting hairs here, but 6th um, round pick that has not only done nothing but has been like a liability when you have PJ Locke and Caden Stearns. Like, I in order for him to make the roster, he would have had to have been better or at least like offset the Kareem Jackson thing and made like helping to render Kareem obsolete i just haven't seen it but i'm still hopeful like i want them to keep him in the uh in the in the organization but he lost a lot of points to me when this guy who's played for a college team called the broncos known as a hard-hitting safety didn't know who steve outwater was Hmm. until he saw the dude's decals up in like the building and stuff in the practice facilities kb what's up dude great to see you He says with the season rapidly approaching, what thing are you highest on and where the lowest on regarding the team? I'm still astounded. Javante Williams is already playing. Is he related to Adrian Peterson lol? What's got you excited? What's what's got you the lowest, et cetera, Zach?
2: Excited has to be the obvious and not to always give a cop out, but the quarterbacking and the coaching. Uh, it's a small sample size. We only saw one drive from Russell Wilson, but based on uh, the snaps that he's played in preseason, he just looks night and day better than last year. What I'm pretty low on is Russell Wilson's protection up front. And that goes for any quarterback that has to uh, play. If they have people like Ben Powers whiffing, Garrett Bowles whiffing. I don't know if berry is going to hold up. Um, it's still very tenuous to me. Mike McGlinchey not back yet. So, On paper, when they're healthy, the potential, I am very high on the Broncos O-line. But based on what we saw in reality, it's got me a little concerned, not going to lie.
1: Yeah, I'm high on, uh, so that we're not repeating, even though I agree with everything Zach just said, I'm really high on this running back stable. Mm -hmm. Javante, I I mean, I'm still going to be a little bit sketchy the first few games when he touches the ball. You you just worry a little bit. But, I mean, P. Ryan has been very uh, impressive to me. Jalil has been impressive, uh, and some of the other guys down the depth chart, so that's that's cool. Um, some of the defensive back depth is a little bit of a concern for me. Not so much that the Broncos don't have the horses, but that the horses that they do have, Zach, are many uh, of which relatively unproven. So, Kenny, we'll see how that shakes out, bro, but thank you for the super chat, my dog. Kendrick jumping in with the super as well. Thank you, my friend. He says, I don't even know where to start on our team. I just came to say... Fresh start, stable front office, and something I've wished for for quite some time, a proven coach. Here we go, fellas. Hashtag mhh for life hashtag Broncos. Not to take it back to movies again, but anytime I see fresh start, I think of the Febreze brothers, and I think of the other guys with Will Ferrell and uh, Mark uh, Wahlberg, Uh, So for what it's worth. But Kendrick, appreciate you, big dog. He's ready for that fresh start, Zach.
2: And that's kind of what I was uh, intimating a second ago. Having a proven coach and having that competency on the sideline, we've seen it come out. We've seen the difference, and I know it's not saying much, going from a rookie like Hackett to a seasoned vet, former champion like Sean Payton. The team is way more disciplined. Uh, They're about their fundamentals, and they're just coached consistently week in and week out, and during the game as well. You see the adjustments being made on offense and defense. It's been quite a while since we've seen that in Denver. True, true, true. Um, All right, let's grab Claude. Hey, it's been a minute, Claude. Hope you're
1: doing well, bro. Throwing down some big boy stars on Facebook. Really appreciate you. He's saying cautiously optimistic. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. It's going to be a fun season, regardless of how it shakes out. I think it's going to be a okay. But, Claude, really good to see you, my dog. We have missed you. And uh, again, hope you're doing well. Um, All right, let's grab this one here from Troy, jumping in again. Bro, you, you've been going off. they going do. off. Uh, he says, hey, guys, if Benito, Matt Henningsen, and Delaron Turner-Yell contribute and Damari Mathis, Greg Dulcich improve, the 2022 draft class is looking much better. I think uh, Dulcich, you know, you're going to get Zach starter caliber um, production from him this year. Even if they roll with Troutman as the starter, it'll be kind of nominal. When you talk about how – tight ends stand out and get those paychecks it's catching passes right sure you know in a perfect world you want to have a gronk you want to have uh i just brain farted the dude in san francisco what's his name kittle. iowa george kittle uh guys who excel at both uh aspects of their job as as a tight end but if you can catch that's where the highlights are that's where the production is that's where the paychecks are and i think Dulcich is going to be used in that uh quite a lot so And then Mathis, dude, he's one of those guys so far, and I get it, it's been a limited um, sample size, so again, don't want to jump to too big of a conclusion, but when we talk about leaps forward from players, we've seen young players you know, trying to turn a corner. Mathis, to me, has been one of the more impressive guys where I'm going, wow, this could be a dominant cornerback duo if these early returns on Mathis, Zach, can be believed. And then Benito still... Got to see some more, but very encouraged. Same with Hannington, Turner
2: Yell, Eh, I'm not sure. You're right about Dulcich. He's at least starter level. Whether the Broncos use him in that role remains to be seen. They do like Troutman, as you uh, outlined there. Mathis is going to be your long-term number two. I've been high on him since he was a rookie, even in that – multiple pass interference flagged game. He was still having lockdown coverage. He's so sticky as a cornerback, always in a receiver's hip pocket. If he can be your long-term too, and then Turner Yell can be a core special teamer. Matt Henningsen can be a quality rotational guy on the D line. And Nick Benito is hovering based on this preseason near starter level quality, or at least high, high backup level quality a la Shaq Barrett before his breakout. If you have those things all fall together, that's draft class will be marked a success. You can't draft pro bowlers with every spot. It might not be the 2021 class where it was a grand slam, but this is at least a solid triple based on where it's going.
1: Troy. Thanks again, big dog. Appreciate you, buddy. Seriously. Uh, 78. You got it, bro. Much love right back at you. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. No doubt about it. Um, okay, guys, we're going to be doing a update on the, where the super chat rankings are for the month of August here in just a minute. But, Got to grab the GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, the swashbuckler himself. Great to see you, bro. Thank you for being with us tonight, saying hello to everybody. Go Broncos and buck them. Zach, I'm looking forward to hanging with Gary in just
2: a couple of months' time now. Same. Two months exactly from tomorrow, we'll be shaking the legendary GLP's hand and thanking Mm -hmm. him and everybody else who comes out for all they do. Good to see you, Gary, as always.
1: Is it still the plan for Gary and Uh, david to to ride up together from the desert i wonder um hopefully hopefully you guys are still riding together and we get we get to see both of you it's going to be dope um okay scott we ready shall we let's do the update okay we're putting it on screen here so here is uh the up-to-date
0: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial
1: uh Super Chat superstar rankings for the month of August and as you guys know we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat in that month and it's weighted so the the people uh, you know the person who's at number 1 has more tickets in the hat so to speak than the person at number 10 but we take those 10 names go in a hat randomly select as you guys know we do it live now with an online widget that Scott found and the winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choice and it's just a small thing we can do to to give back and say thank you for the phenomenal, enormous support we get from our great community. So here's your update, 21 days into August. So we still have about a third of the month uh, for guy, for people to, to make moves up and down the board. But here you go, number one, F.A. F.A.'s been going off. The Duchess, Michaela Parker, at two. I'm a little bit surprised. I figured last night that would like, secure her one, but then F.A. just going off. The Lady D, Deanna Hendry, at number three. Troy, look at this, Troy, leapfrogging up many people to be at number four. Really, really cool. Uh, Number five is the man, the myth, the legend, Najal Toff. Love you, big dog. I haven't seen Naj tonight in the chat, but I'm sure he'll hear this. So uh, the GLP is at number six. Zeus McPeak is at number seven. Jasmine, who's made some moves up the board, as you can see, uh, as illustrated by the green up arrow at number eight. Ethan, a.k.a. DWI Guys, at number nine. And then David, the Papa Bears, he is known in his neck of the woods. McElrath, rounding out the top ten. And then just a few of the names outside, like Brent P., Gregory, Divine Breaks, Mike, Sam Bam Alonzo, and Michael Davis. So uh, those are just a few of the names. But, guys, thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And as you know, on Facebook, we also do a jersey giveaway. We just have to go about it a little bit differently. So if you're on Facebook and you've been supporting and being active, don't worry you are in the running it's uh it's still still rolling so Claude yeah great to see you too big dog um okay Zach let me circle back there was a comment here from uh Phil I want to grab hey guys is uh our IPP guy in indibuisi in making the team I don't know what to think on this Zach I don't think he makes the 53 but I'm 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 starting to feel like he's Probably going to be kept on the on the practice squad because even though I don't I haven't seen anything from him that's like super impressive. Sean Payton keeps saying really good things about him, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to make of that.
2: Yeah, I was actually pulling up um, Sean Payton's quote because I don't have it memorized. This is um, when was this? This was August fourteenth, so a week ago exactly. He spoke on. You're going to have to give me the pronunciation again. I say Indubisi Indubisi Indubisi. Think about
1: right. it. Indama Kansu, you just in kind Dubuisi. of a soft mm before you get into the Dubuisi. In Dubuisi,
2: I don't know. <laughs> Got it. I'll roll with that. So this is what Sean Payton said about in Dubuisi: "Quote, he's raw and he's big. We've been pleased. It's tough just because of the experience factor. But when you are dealing with a player who is an extra, he helps us. We're glad he's here. Doesn't sound like." He's talking about someone like um, who's going to be on the 53, but maybe a practice squad guy. They obviously like something about him. He doesn't have the experience as Sean Payton talked about. He's first kind of learning how to play football now, but you can't teach size and you can't teach strength. And he has both of those in spades. The Broncos, Chad, don't really have anyone that's uh, in the pipeline along the defensive line that's super exciting. So as a practice squatter, I can see the Broncos stashing him.
1: We shall see. I want to grab this from Todd Ostendorf on YouTube, who's in the chat every night. He says, people say Drew Sanders looks bad, but you are comparing him to players that have played in a league a few years. Give him time. Um, I mean, maybe the first game he just didn't seem like super on it, productive. I don't know. I liked what I saw from him in the second preseason game. Was he perfect? No. No. But golly, dude, that guy's speed! First of all, he goes, he sees ball, he he goes and gets ball. And we've already talked a little bit on tonight's show about what the ways Vance Joseph can use him as a blitzer. And um, but he also, because of his speed and just his twitch, I think he's going to end up being a much better coverage linebacker than people realize. So I don't know where people are are so down on Sanders. It's not like he's been bad. He was kind of like just there the first game, but this second game, if you go back and watch his snaps, I liked what I saw from.
2: That's what I was gonna say. It's like, what are you guys expecting from Drew Sanders in his first couple of preseason games? Getting a full position down at inside linebacker when he really could have played either edge or inside. Um, tough defense a VJ in the sense that it's complicated, a lot of pressure on the inside linebackers. They move around a lot of different responsibilities, but I talked about in Dubuisi, the things that you can't teach about him. Well, with Drew Sanders, you can't teach his speed. Like Chad talked about, you can't teach his nose for the ball, his playmaking ability, his coverage skills, all those things the Broncos have lacked for years in an inside linebacker. Give Sanders some time, let him build up his NFL stamina and you'll see a future starter down the road.
1: Well said. Kevin wants to, or Kevin illustrating Sanders was the leading tackler in the San Francisco game. Yes, he was. Um, Let's grab this also from Keith saying, Will Mike Purcell play for the Broncos after his mysterious injury has kept him away from the facilities so far? Mike Purcell, in case you guys missed it, or maybe as a reminder, uh, opening up on the NFI list, right? He wasn't Mm -hmm. Pup, he was NFI. So it is a little bit of a mysterious thing. Don't know what to make of it. Um, I gotta remind myself of what the rules are if a player remains on NFI to open a regular season. how long if he can be activated during the regular season or how many games uh, I, he has to miss? I'm not sure.
2: I think it was eight. I might be totally wrong on that, but if he's on reserve NFI to start the year, I think it's eight, but um, we don't really know the extent of the injury. NFI would suggest to me that it happened away from the team facility, and that's why he was uh, moved to that list and not PUP, but we'll see. What are you finding
1: This is uh, from The Athletic. A player would miss a minimum of four games if he's still on the NFI list after the mandated training camp cutdown day which occurs in late august that player would not count against the 53 man roster moving to a reserve list so the that broncos could keep him on ice uh, and keep him on nfi and then he would just have to miss four games zach and he wouldn't count against while he's missing games he wouldn't of course count against
2: the roster i'm glad i'm wrong um it, it definitely helps his uh his roster odds but maybe you're a bigger Mike Purcell fan than I am. I just, that cap hit kills me with him. He's a one dimensional defender. He's a run stuffer and the Broncos are pretty flush with them in terms of defensive linemen. So if they keep him at his current salary, we'll see if he can contribute. Yeah.
1: I just think, um, the Broncos are kind of telling you how they feel about him. And we don't know all the details about his injury, but, um, he was really good before he got paid and then it kind of kind of went to crap. Um, all right guys, we're at about the 40 minute mark so if there is anything burning on your mind getting get it in the chat. Um, Colby jumping in to say I'm looking forward to this year's running game. It should really help out Wilson So we've been Zach really impressed by Wilson's uh, you know losing that weight he's moving around much free more free he's twitchy and all that i think he's going to help himself out a lot if he can at times resist the uh the temptation to to break pockets immature uh you know early and learn more to stay stay in the pocket step up etc but a quarterback's best friend beyond the obvious which is you know nice offensive line and good tackles to boot is a good running game and man what was 164 yards i think the broncos rushed for against the niners even if you take away that big rush from uh, Tony Jones Jr., they're still north of 100 yards in a preseason game, so got to feel good about that.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the O-line. Fortunately, they looked a lot better in the running game than in pass protection against the 49ers. That's going to be the bread and butter of a Sean payton Broncos offense is, is beat you down with Pookie and Pirine let Russell Wilson go wild for three quarters and then bring in uh, Jaleel McLaughlin as the change of pace scat back to uh, really burn you down the field. So I'm really excited considering how versatile this positional group is. You have again, two big bruisers and a a home run hitter in McLaughlin. That's uh, a nice combination. Kendrick says, I got to ask Zach on Twitter. Did you and Draymond (laughs) Jones ever bury the hatchet Zach? No, I, uh, I, Listen, I wish him the best in Seattle. He was a decent player for Denver. I'm not going to crap on him. I happen to think Zach Allen is better. I happen to think the Broncos defense will be better with Zach Allen, but if Draymond knows, uh, he, if he if he wants to come at me, he knows where to find me. Put it that way.
1: <laughs> All right, we got Scott. I'm excited to see what Peyton does with this running back room and especially how he uses McLaughlin. Yeah, I mean, it, you think back, Zach, to some of the, cast of characters that he's had in the backfield over those years in New Orleans from Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas to later years like um, uh, Mark Ingram, um, Alvin Kamara. You think of uh, Darren Sproles. I'm not sure yet exactly what McLaughlin's receiving skills look like, but I think you're going to see him used in a lot of different ways. and. I don't know what to make of the screen thing, like how, how badly Sean Payton has tried to force the screen game issue to to running backs. It hasn't really panned out for him, and I don't know if that's because it's going to be a big part of the the menu this year, and so they're trying to iron out those kinks, or if he wants teams to think it's going to be a par- big part of the menu, but if it is even half as much a part of the menu as the these first two games would, would lead you to believe, the running backs are going to – are going to feast on that. If this O line can get things figured out and you know, big Lloyd Cushberry can get out on the point a little bit quicker than he has been.
2: Something I've learned through two preseason games is the Broncos running backs are going to be heavily featured in the passing attack. And we saw that with Pookie. They had a a design pass to him and they had a a non-design pass to him that Russell Wilson completed for a, a, a first down. So, I, I kind of view McLaughlin as one of those get the ball in his hands and good things will happen players. Similar to Philip Lindsey, Lindsay, but sort of a rich man's version of Phil, just get the ball in McLaughlin's hands. Whether it's a pass, a screen, a run, good things will happen as we've seen. So, Mr.
1: Producer, Jalil had 44 catches in – and by the way, Dustin, thank you, buddy, appreciate you being with us and the kind words. Uh, he says Jalil had 44 catches in three years in college and then he makes a very nice point here but why are you trying to throw the ball to Jalil when he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry as a collegiate back
2: so uh, yeah just just hand him the ball and let him go to work mostly i think yeah that's that's obviously the, the smart idea but uh a well timed screen pass to McLaughlin, catch a defense napping, that's a 60 yard touchdown. That's what I can't wait for happen. Those big chunk plays like Phil Chad used to rip off on a weekly basis, it, it would turn a, a two yard gain into a 50 yard touchdown. I miss those plays.
1: All right, guys. Last one, unless there's any uh, 11th hour topics you guys want us to get to from Todd. Who is the player that has surprised you the most in the preseason, positively or negatively? This is a really good question. Um, have to ponder this for a minute. I mean, I could throw a few names out, but um, I've already talked about one, and that is Damari Mathis. Has surprised me quite a lot, actually. I mean, he was was impressive once he kind of got his baptism by fire the first two or three games when opponents were just going at him and he had all those PIs in one game and all that. Then he really kind of got his crap together, which is not easy when you're playing opposite an all-pro with a reputation like Patrick Sertan. So, I was kind of expecting him to be uh, more or less kind of like what he was toward the tail end of his rookie year, which is a solid starting caliber boundary corner for the Broncos. But he's looking like a bona fide playmaker. So, he surprised me. Um, that rookie tackle, what, what, Pazluski, Pazluski, however you say his name, I'll get it down if he makes the roster. Trust. He's been a pleasant surprise. Like when you get past Garrett Bowles and, um, You know, we haven't seen Mike McGlinchey, but uh, Fleming's going to be the next guy into the fray. But the depth tackles, I mean, I would argue that I guess Bowles did show quite, quite well in the second game. So I'll remove him, but not counting Bowles. Dude, he's been like the best tackle on the field for the Broncos for much of these two games. So what's your answer, though?
2: I'm going to spitball some names that stood out to me. Obviously, Jaleel McLaughlin goes without saying he's been the summer star. Michael Burton, the fullback that no one really talks about. He's been clutch in short yardage situations. Um, Elijah Garcia along the defensive line. I mean, he's making plays every week. Nate Atkins, mm-hmm. the undrafted rookie tight end, has made plays. There's so many that I can think of um Mathis also came to mind he's been playing really well they've had a lot of solid contributions Chad from unknown sources and give some props to your boy Lloyd Cushenberry we were all
1: ready to write this cat off and and say hey you know didn't work out he's entering a contract year but yeah right here Lloyd Cushenberry a positive a negative yes a bad surprise has been Ben Powers in pass protection my golly Like, dude, I know that you like to just chill at home when you're not doing football and, like, play Xbox or whatever he said. But, like, maybe you need to spend more time in the pass pro booth. I don't know because for a guard – and I'm a little traumatized on this, Zach, because, you know, the Broncos have thrown money at guards uh, this last 10 years and it hasn't worked out. Ron Leary, right, Uh, Graham Glasgow. So I was hoping that Ben Powers would be the guy to kind of snap that streak. Everyone wants to focus on all the money that Broncos have thrown at right tackles uh, and moves that have been made, etc., for good reason. But don't forget, they've been trying to find that alpha guard guy as a, as a free agent acquisition, and this is the third guy they've thrown
2: some serious money at, and so far, no good. Who was the dude they signed years ago to replace Max Garcia? Was it Alan Barber, I think it was? remember yeah, Alan Barber, who ended up also seeing some time at right tackle. Uh, you're right. I'm adding to your point that the Broncos have tried for years to plug that hole. And we thought that it was finally plugged with Ben power. So yeah, he's been a disappointment. Hopefully that gets cleaned up uh, two more that have been negative for me. We mentioned Tremont Smith, terrible at cornerback. And also I hate to say it, at least in one game, he was brutal and that's Kendall Hinton. When you're fighting for a spot on the 53 or maybe the practice squad and you're dropping passes and other players around you are getting better. Not a good look. Hate to say it, but got to call a spade a spade.
1: Well said, um, Scott. And then we're gonna go. He says I'm excited to see what Peyton does. Oh no, we saw. It. We got this one. Appreciate you, Scott. Guys, we got a couple messages for you. Then we're gonna dip
2: on out. Tremendous, tremendous episode as always of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad N Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, like we're always rocking every single show, check it out, mhhmerch.com. Go and get you some. And also, if you haven't, drop us a like at facebook.com slash Pod. You can follow on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please, as always, subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. A mile-high salute,
1: guys. I'm, I'm pulling this up as we speak to our Super Chat superstars and supporters this evening. Michael Ronquillo, Phil McLaughlin in the house, uh, Claude Riley in the house. We've got also on Facebook um, Colby C. Collier, the Triple C. Uh, and a massive shout-out, Scott Busby again. I got to give you some extra props and Claude extra props tonight. And then on YouTube, Troy throwing down, David, RD, KB, Kendrick Ware, the GLP, and then Brent P coming in, uh, 11th hour. It's not showing up in the chat, but I'm seeing it on YouTube, Scott. Are you seeing it? Let me find it. Hold on. Here's what he says. Evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I'm wondering if you guys saw... Uh, Kay Adams' interview today. She is stoked to see what Denver does after talking to Judy Sutton and Sean Payton. This was a top rope super chat, by the way, from Brent P. It's not coming through. We've had some weird StreamYard stuff tonight, but uh, have you seen that, Zach? Do you know what Brent P. is uh, speaking of here?
2: No, I saw her interviews with uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, and the Payton (laughs) one was very interesting. He seemed a little flustered i don't know he seemed like he was loosening up a little bit and if anyone could get him to do something it would be kay adams but you know i'm not surprised that she's uh hearing and and kind of relaying the optimism at least we have one person chad in the national media landscape that's riding for denver amen to
1: that so brent bro thank you my friend um we did the super chat rankings earlier tonight and you're just outside the top 10 not counting tonight, so I'm guessing that's gonna vault you up into the top 10, is is my guess. So thank you, bro. Nick listening to you guys on my way home from work. Chad, sweet stash, stash is gonna be good luck for a Broncos playoff berth. You know, it's funny is I like to do this every once in a while. Like if my wife falls asleep early or whatever, I'll uh I'll shave and I'll just do something stupid and weird and different, you know, like just kind of extreme to whatever I've been rocking. And I did that last night. So everybody wake, you know, when I'm waking up this morning, kids on the way out to school and stuff, they're like, yo, and my little two-year-old's like, who's this guy? uh, It's not like some of those videos you see where they're like, "Ah, dad shaved his face. The baby's freaking out. I don't know who he is. Wasn't quite like that, but he was like, what's going on here, dude? You're getting a little too cute for your own britches, dad. But anyway, good to see you, Nick. Guys, we're out of here. Don't forget you got Broncos for breakfast on the
2: bright tomorrow. It's going to be dope. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you Thursday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.